Welcome to the Jacksonville First Seventh-day Adventist Church Podcast, where we listen, learn, and love together. Our speaker today is Pastor Jonathan Panado. Open your Bibles now to Matthew chapter 12, and we'll be reading verse 1 through 14, Jesus on the Sabbath. Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 through 14, the Bible says, At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some of the heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. He answered, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law that the priests on Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath, and yet are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here, and if you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. And going on from that place, he went into their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. Let us pray, Father. As we continue to wrestle with the Sabbath and with how we can observe the Sabbath, how we can call it a delight and a joy and also keep it holy. Father, I pray for you to enlighten us to see how Jesus kept the Sabbath and what that means to us. And we ask these things in his name. Amen. So there is Jesus in the grain field on Sabbath. And as I read the story, a friend of mine actually pointed this out, and I said that, you know, that was a good point. Because there is a principle of Sabbath-keeping that Jesus seems to not have done here in Matthew chapter 12. Do you know what that principle is? Preparation. Isn't that right? Preparation, right? We just read about it. It's biblical, right? Jesus knew that he was going to be traveling here. He's going to be walking. He knew uh, he was going to be preaching at the synagogue. He knew he was going to go over there. And it seems like Jesus didn't prepare his meal before the Sabbath. Isn't that right? I wonder if Jesus was doing this on purpose. I wonder if he wasn't doing this on purpose to kind of maybe push the boundaries. And so the question for you is, where is it written that picking grain on Sabbath is breaking the Sabbath? Where is it written? Going through grain fields, you're hungry, uh, cut some of that, you know, some of the whatever grain it is, I don't know, corn, or I don't, I don't know how you eat that stuff, but, you know, you can't find it, you eat it, and where, where, where 
in the Bible, but that's against, uh, or that's breaking the Sabbath. That's not Right? Okay, good. Yeah, they answered the question here. Yeah. Uh, the commandment says not to work. And what the Jews did is they took that commandment and they extrapolated all these other commandments on top of that. And so what we need to do is we need to learn to avoid extremes. The Jews went from being lawless in Isaiah chapter 58 and doing all kinds of terrible things on the Sabbath to then all of a sudden becoming super and over extreme zealots. We need to avoid extremes on all sides. So the commandment says do not work. And they extrapolated rules and rules about what you can and cannot do on the Sabbath. I think in the scriptures it also mentions this one phrase, a Sabbath day's journey. Read that? Right? Because back in those days it was exhausting to travel. And so they, they made a rule of how far you could walk before you start breaking the Sabbath. Now, in general, I think it's a good thing not to travel on the Sabbath for, for various reasons, right? But when we get to the point where we start, we start adding to the scriptures things that aren't there, I think that's a problem. There was also this other concept, and we find it here in Matthew chapter 12, where, where people, people didn't even, people believed that healing on the Sabbath was sinful. You know, how did they get to that extreme where they make rules upon rules upon rules upon rules? As Adventists, I think we have to be careful that we don't build rules upon rules upon rules. In fact, the societal pressure was so strong not to be healed on Sabbath that I think in a few chapters before, like Matthew chapter 8 or Matthew chapter 9, that people actually waited till after Sabbath was over to go to Jesus to be healed by Jesus. That's how strong the societal pressure was, the cultural pressure was, to keep, to keep the Sabbath in a way that really wasn't keeping the Sabbath. Let's be careful not to add rules where the Bible hasn't added rules. We always end up doing more harm than good. It's a disservice to the cause of Christ when we add to the Bible. But there's a greater principle at work here in Matthew chapter 12, and we find it in verse 3 um, through 5. Um, he shares a story about David. And David enters the temple. Uh, he's fleeing from Saul. And he asks the priest, Abiathar, I think, if there was any food. The only food that was available was the bread that was consecrated for priests only to eat. Right? And, that, and that is written there. That is written in Leviticus. The priests were the only ones that were supposed to eat from that bread. But David's life was in danger. He hadn't eaten. He was hungry. He was fleeing. And so there's a greater principle here than mere ceremonial obedience or keeping the letter of the law. Are you following me? There's a greater principle at work here is that someone's life was in danger. And Jesus shares this here in, in verse 7. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Sacrifice being a reference to ceremonial obedience or, or, or to that, 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 that literalism of, of obeying the, every jot and tittle to an extreme where we actually end up doing harm to other people. There's a greater principle at work here. More than external and ceremonial obedience is showing mercy. More important than external and ceremonial obedience is showing mercy and improving the quality of life for individuals. Even if it is on the Sabbath. Jesus is telling us, don't be so narrow in your interpretation of the law. Stick with what is written and don't go beyond 
was written. And so let's talk about today. There are certain tasks today that must be done on the Sabbath. For example, ministry. I am getting paid for what I'm doing right now. And I cash in that paycheck. You know, when I, the money that I earn on Sabbath, I don't you know, donate it all to the church. I, that's, that's my income. Get paid for doing this. Ministry takes place on the Sabbath. Um, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 11 through 12, improving the quality of life of others. And that's why if you're in the medical profession, you can't abandon your patients. Uh, if you're a nurse, uh, if you're a, a CNA, if you're a doctor, um, it requires you. You have to attend to your patients. You have to improve the quality of life. You can't just say, well, I'm sorry, I'm keeping the Sabbath. You know, see how you get without me. Here's another one where I may push some of you. Public servants. Public servants need to work on the Sabbath. What is a public servant? Police officers. You know? And we're thankful that police officers work on the Sabbath, aren't we right? We have also firefighters. And we're thankful that firefighters work on the Sabbath. Lord, have mercy if there's a fire. And all the firefighters said, I'm sorry, it's the Sabbath. I, I, I can't come and put that fire out. You have to wait until after the Sabbath is over. Be too late. How about even, how about, let me push you a little bit. Aren't we thankful that even the people who work at JEA work on Sabbaths? Utilities, waterworks, you know? Uh, what if they decided to take the Sabbath off and then we had no electricity, no air conditioning on Sabbaths? Um, Adventist institutions. Uh, the cook works on Sabbaths. You know, there are people who pick up the plates afterwards. When we go to Camp Calacqua and we eat that delicious meal on Sabbath at the cafeteria, there are people who are working, you know, taking the plates. Though I think they use styrofoam plates, but there are people behind the scenes working to make that happen. There are certain things that need to happen on Sabbath. There are certain tasks that must be done on the Sabbath. And Jesus is telling us, don't be so narrow in your interpretation of the law. Stick with what is written. Don't go beyond. In fact, turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2 in verse 27. Uh, Matthew doesn't make reference to this, this phrase here, but Mark does. And I think it's very instructive for us. Mark chapter 2 verse 27. It's the same story, but Mark adds some more detail. Mark chapter 2 and verse 27. And then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. I want us to stop there and think about that phrase here a little bit. The Sabbath was made for man, for humankind, not we for the Sabbath. The idea is that the Sabbath was given to us. It is a gift to us. It is to be a blessing for us. It is to serve us. Are you following that? We were not created to serve the Sabbath. Some become slaves to the Sabbath. Some become slaves to the Sabbath and their experience on the Sabbath becomes solely informed by what they can or they cannot do on the Sabbath. And thus their Sabbath experience is ruined because instead of resting in Jesus, instead of receiving the blessing that comes from God, they're so worried about what they're doing and what they're not doing and what they can do and what they can't do and what others are doing and what they shouldn't be doing. That their Sabbath experience is ruined because of fear of upsetting their taskmaster, the Sabbath. That's not what the Sabbath is about. The Sabbath was created for us to serve us, to minister to us. 
And yet, here's where the tension is. And yet, at the same time, there are boundaries about how to keep the Sabbath. And and we spoke about those in general, preparation for the Sabbath, uh, abstaining from commercial pursuits and other secular activities on the Sabbath. But apart from that, God is saying, enjoy the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for you. Enjoy it. Jesus is teaching us that the Sabbath is his gift to us. Let us enjoy it. And in our keeping of the Sabbath, let us not add to what has already been written. Now going back to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. I want us to take note of the reaction towards the way Jesus kept the Sabbath. Um, How did the leaders of his day react to Jesus? What did they think Jesus was? Sabbath breaker. Sabbath breaker. And uh, in John chapter 7, I believe, and in John chapter 9, in John chapter 7, he goes to Jerusalem and, and he heals, I think, I think was it, he heals the blind man, I think in John chapter 7. And, and they have the interrogation of the man, blind man who was healed on the Sabbath. And then, and then the intolerance, listen to this, the intolerance of what Jesus was doing and how he was keeping the Sabbath was so strong that Jesus was not able to return to Jerusalem for another year and a half to two years because they wanted to kill him. And when he did return in two years, the first thing they said about him is this man does not keep the Sabbath. My friends, we need to be careful that we are not intolerant when we see someone else doing something different than how we do it. Especially when it comes to keeping the Sabbath. How do we disagree with one another? Anger, my friends, is never an appropriate response to religious or theological disagreement. We are all humans, and we will all disagree on everything. When I shared with you some, some of the ways I keep the Sabbath, it, probably you were saying, Pastor, you're breaking the Sabbath. I would never, you know, throw a football on the Sabbath. And that's all right. You know, that's all right. Um, it's okay. We disagree on how to keep the Sabbath. Um, as long as we are within those boundaries, it's okay to disagree. We will disagree on how to keep the Sabbath. Some actually think I'm too strict with keeping the Sabbath. When I say, as a general rule, I don't go out to eat on, on restaurants. Pastor, you're too strict. You can't win, can you? We will disagree on how to keep the Sabbath. But even with the clear biblical principles of preparation, avoidance of commercial activities, and other secular activities, we will still disagree. There's still room uh, for, for a variety of thought. The point isn't that we disagree. The question is, how do we disagree? How do we disagree, especially in matters that God has not clearly spoken? And God has not given us a clear list of how to keep the Sabbath and what activities are lawful and what activities are not lawful on the Sabbath. How we disagree is more important than agreeing. For you see, agreeing is easy. If you agree with me, it's easy. It's easy to be your friend. It's easy to have a conversation with you. It's easy to get along. The moment we disagree, then that's where it gets a little tricky. How we disagree is more important than how we agree. Let's be careful not to disagree in the manner that the Pharisees and the religious leaders disagreed. 
In fact, the anger of the leaders against Jesus was so strong that Matthew chapter 12 and verse 14 is that right there on the Sabbath, it says that they went out and they plotted how they might kill Jesus on the Sabbath. And Jesus told them that. He's like, you're accusing me of breaking the Sabbath, but you are going about trying to kill me on the Sabbath. Which is worse? If someone disagrees with you on a religious matter and you get angry, you need to check yourself and take a deep, long look inside. What's going on? Why am I angry? The church, the pastor, certain departments will make certain decisions. And oftentimes when we disagree with those decisions, sometimes we're quick to cry out, apostasy, heresy. We protest, we draw a line in the sand, here I stand, so help me God. And we get all worked up about it. My friends, that is not the spirit of Jesus. It's the spirit of the Pharisees who eventually crucified and killed Jesus. When we disagree, we need to realize we're all in this together. How can we work together? If there are disagreements, share your disagreements. We want to hear the disagreements. We don't all have the answers. Share. Share what you believe. Share what you think. By all means, we want to hear it. But as you share your disagreement, do so respectfully. Do so without disparaging the character of the other person. Don't sow seeds of doubt or suspicion about the motives of the other individual. Don't throw out innuendos about their Christian commitment. Jesus said, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Not if you all agree on everything. Because even the disciples we found out disagreed on various things. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. By showing respect and tolerance in disagreements, what we're really doing is we're showing that we love one another. Jesus is teaching us that the Sabbath is his gift to us, to enjoy it. In our keeping of the Sabbath, let's not add to what is written. And at the same time, let us exhibit charity and tolerance in our disagreements. I want to make an appeal to you this morning. I want to make an appeal to you this morning. I want to make an appeal to you that if you have not been preparing for the Sabbath, if Sabbath preparation is an area that you are are missing the mark on, I make an appeal to you this morning to to make a decision to prepare on Sabbath. Friday afternoon, prepare. Think about how you're going to prepare. Prepare your meals. Prepare your clothes. I want to make another appeal to you that if you have been working on the Sabbath, work that is not essential just because you didn't have enough time to get it done during the week and you're engaging in these types of activities, commercial activities, I make an appeal to you to rest on the Sabbath, to not engage in those activities, and to extend that rest to all those around you. I want to make a third appeal to you is that I want you to enjoy the Sabbath as a gift. Can you do that? Enjoy the Sabbath as a gift. Wrestle with how you can make Sabbath both delightful and joyful while still observing its holiness and its sacredness. Ask yourselves the question, what is the effect of this activity? What are the associations? What is the maturity level? I make that appeal to you. I also make a fourth appeal to you. 
How can you show charity and tolerance in your disagreements with others? Do you find yourself in a moment of disagreement right now? How can you show charity and tolerance and respect in your disagreement even right now? And finally, I want to make an appeal, a sixth appeal or so. I want you to read in a book called Testimonies to the Church, Volume 6. Write this down. Testimonies to the Church, Volume 6. A book that was written by Ellen White. Testimonies to the Church, Volume 6. You can find this online. Pages 349 to 368. Pages 349 to 368. A chapter entitled Sabbath Observance. Sabbath observance. I encourage you to read that. It was enlightening. It was enlightening. You know one of the things she says in that in that chapter? She says that when we come to church, we should come expectant to receive a blessing. Isn't that right? She says we should come joyful. She says leave all the gloom at the door and come in here expectant that you are going to be blessed by God. Testimonies to the Church, Volume 6, page 349, 368, a chapter entitled Sabbath Observance. I encourage you all to read it. Good Sabbath afternoon reading. This podcast is brought to you by the Jacksonville First Seventh-day Adventist Church. Connect with them at www.jxsda.org or on Facebook and YouTube. We look forward to sharing more inspiring messages with you.